A quick hello and we're good to go. Welcome to the show, Liana de Bellevue. Love it. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It's an absolute pleasure. We're going to be talking about the importance of creating a marketing pie. And the concept of pie is that you have multiple parts to the pie. So it's not a whole pie. It's a pie that's been cut into slices. A hundred. Exactly. You got it. Brilliant. And we're going to find out why we need to have the pie cut into multiple pieces, why it's a great security, why it's helpful, and not to rely on just one channel, which is huge. And you're going to tell us also how to avoid doing that, because it's easy to say, don't just rely on one channel. It's really difficult to tell me exactly what I do to avoid it. But before that, we're going to look at your brand SERPs. And the first one is your name. Uh, it's absolutely lovely. This is actually from Bing and not from Google at all. And we can see here that Google, uh, sorry, Bing's got a really good grip on you. You're a co-author of Light at the End of the Funnel. Yes. And that's a brilliant book on Amazon. Yes. Brilliant. And it, it tells us what? That the funnel of conversion is glorious and that it's not a dead end. Exactly. And I think so many people feel overwhelmed by um, creating funnels. They're, they're not sure what it has to be, what it, you know, there's mm. so many components and things that people say it has to be. Uh, this is a collaborative book of several different ways that people have made it work uh, using funnels in unique ways. So it just gives people some ideas of, of how to use funnels and how not to be uh, overwhelmed by them. Absolutely brilliant. And I also like, from my perspective, for Bing, it's got this panel on the right-hand side, which is a bit like a featured snippet, taking from uh, the website, which I can almost read, Idea March, four questions from an interview you did, including what is one failure you had as an entrepreneur and how did you overcome it? That sounds like a great question I could ask you. And also, what is one business idea you're willing to give away to our readers, in this case, our listeners and viewers. So I've got great ideas from Bing about questions I can ask you. And if anyone's interested in Brand Serps Knowledge Panels, please do join the CaliCube Knowledge Panel and Brand Serps Support Group. Just search that on Google. For the moment, it's on Facebook. We might move it one day. And the second one is your company, which also has the same name, De Bellevue Global Marketing. Um, I used generative AI on Google to see what we could find there. And what do you think of the description? Uh, it looks like it's pulling right from our website because that's exactly Brilliant. what we would what we would say that we do. So it looks fantastic. Very impressed. It's lovely, isn't it? Uh, Google's getting smarter. And I think in your case, it's coming from the website. I was talking to a client earlier on. It's coming from multiple other websites, including Amazon and Walmart. And one thing we're beginning to see is when you've got hugely dominant sources like Amazon and Walmart, your own website is sometimes difficult to get there. Yeah. And then your message isn't pushed across. In your case, it's absolutely not the case. And the your message is very clear on your website, so Google can simply reproduce it, and it trusts you. Thank you. I think part of that is that, um, you know, I, I tease my husband all the time, couldn't you have been a Smith, right? Our yeah. last name is so unique, and I think our company name and at least here in, in the U.S., I know, you know, kind of in France or where they speak French, it may be more common, but here it's, it's very unique. And I think that that's actually helped us in the, in the marketplace to kind of stand out. Yeah. And that, that's a unique brand name is hugely helpful. I think in French, it would be de and then a space and then Bellevue. 
Okay. So even in France, you might well be unique as well. But I didn't check that. But you're right. I should have done. My curiosity didn't take me down that rabbit hole. You are listening to Branded Search and Beyond with Jason Barnard. Now, back to the show. But let's come back to the marketing pie. Now, please explain to me the marketing pie, how it's cut up, and how I can avoid only having one piece of pie, as it were. Yeah. Um, I think having a marketing pie is really important because so many times people find one thing that works for them and they want to stick with it. And a lot of, of people in my industry say, find what works and work it. But as you know, in business, um, there's peaks and valleys and it's, you know, cycles and what was working six months ago is not working now or what wasn't working six months ago is now exploding now. So when you have a marketing pie, it really divides up your marketing into things like, um, obviously, there is SEO, that's, you know, being found is key, social media. But I always tell people as well, you want to somehow preserve all of your online presence in something that you own. So Mm. we're big proponents of list building and um, capturing people from your website, really making sure that you're owning your audience. Oftentimes people go, oh, I have a a following of 50,000 on Facebook and, Mm. and that's great. And while we don't foresee Facebook going away tomorrow, if it did, what would happen to your business? Do you, did you suddenly lose everybody? So if you look at it as a, as a pie and, and really understanding that it allows, if you've got your hands in multiple different things, if one thing stops working, typically something else is going to absorb, right? That loss. So you have a much more consistent brand when you are addressing all aspects of your marketing. Um, that doesn't mean you have to be in 50 different things, right? A pie wouldn't be that great if you had to serve 50 people with it, right? But if you have six to eight different things, we typically find that's the sweet spot in really creating a consistent marketing strategy. That's our magic number then, six to eight, depending on the industry or depending on the means of the company and the resources of the company? Well, I think that's a great question. Even... You know, some of our largest clients, we work with clients all over all over the world. Some of our largest clients still stick with that six to eight um, resources. I think um, it's really easy to to want to throw, you know, throw everything at it and see what sticks. Um, so, but at the same time, if you've got a magic, uh, you know, strategy that that's working and that makes sense, it we really see people being consistent right. with that. Right, yeah, so we've got a sticky pie now um, if we're throwing it to see what sticks. And I was trying to think while you were talking about the pieces of pie that we've got at CaliCube, and we've got a huge focus on social media. Now, would you say social media is one piece of pie or each social media channel is a different piece of the pie? That's a great question, and I think it can be different. For example, LinkedIn is typically more of a business right? More business driven. That's a very different strategy than say Pinterest, right? Mm. Pinterest, you're trying to get uh, yeah, ideas and things like that. So, um, but then again, 
Facebook and Instagram might go in the same. So if Mm. the strategy behind it or the demographic that you're going after is similar, I would keep them in the same slice of pie, if you will. But if they're completely different then that and desire a different strategy, then I would put them in its own slice. So typically we have two slices of pie um, that make up social media for our clients. Right. Oh, okay. I was just thinking, actually, I think we've probably got three because I would count YouTube as social media, but maybe it isn't. Um, Facebook, Twitter, I would put in the same kind of easy talking piece of pie and LinkedIn, much more B2B. YouTube, not social media, maybe, but certainly that's a huge chunk of pie for us. So we consider um, YouTube video, like video marketing. So is it social? Yes. Um, there's not a ton of engagement that goes on. Obviously, there's following, but you don't get the comments, you don't get the right. share. It's so things like that. So it's a little bit different, but absolutely, I would, I could see your, you know, where that could easily be three, three pieces. Yeah. Of the- okay, and then we've got um, SEO. You mentioned uh, yes. to what extent is that hugely important outside my world, where it's the only thing that exists for a lot of people. <laughs> Um, I think it's one of those things that people don't realize the importance of. It is so key. Um, we want people to be able to find what they're looking for. You can be the greatest plumber. You could be the greatest brand, you know, brand developer, whatever that looks like. But if no one knows you exist, then that's the point, right? And without um, SEO... People don't know to Google you directly, right? Now, obviously, you're trying to shed light on the importance of that. And I think that that's key. But if you're not doing anything to help bring light to your industry, to your product line, to your individual service, you're really just kind of shooting in the dark with everything else. Right. Yeah, I, I like the, the 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 concept of saying bringing light onto yourself within your industry for something that people are looking for within a specific sphere, uh, which is SEO is exactly that. Yeah. So if we move on from there, what about advertising? That's a huge chunk of pie for a lot of companies. I know that some just rely on that um, and they say, well, that's working, as you said, it's profitable and it's a lever that I can move. And I can bring in clients on a as-needs basis. Huge mistake. (laughs) Absolutely. So, but again, I mean, things change overnight. I I don't know how many times if you've talked to people and they go, yeah, you know, it costs, it used to cost me $3 a client. Now it's costing me 15 or we used to be able to hyper target our ads and now we can't like things change in the marketplace constantly. And you have to be aware that that exists. And Um, I always tell people, do not start advertising until you have a strong foundation in your business, which means your website is on par. You have good reviews. You have, Mm. again, you can shine light on. But if someone goes, well, their ad is cool, but their website's 1987. Or, you know, their ad is cool, but they're not doing anything on social. Are they even still in business? Like so many times, unfortunately, with advertising, the first thing people think of is, is this a scam, right? Um, If something seems too good to be true, then they're going to do a little bit of investigation. They're going to go online. They're going to try and find you. If you don't have a solid foundation, that ad spend doesn't make sense. Right. Okay. And you were talking about reputation. Are reviews a whole chunk of pie or are they part of another piece of pie? 
that is for some of our clients, I would say about 80% of our clients, that's its own slice. Right. Um, for some people who um, are industry specific or who that doesn't really matter, they're selling a $5 bracelet or the $2, whatever, right? Mm. That could be incorporated in other aspects of, of the pie. But for, I'd say about 80 to 90% of our clientele, that's one slice. So it's not hard to make up the slices of a pie, right? These are, these are things that most business owners know that they need to be doing on a regular basis. Garnishing, you know, reviews, making sure that your website stays up to date, you know, uh, producing content that's relevant on social media and, and things along those lines. Right. Okay. So, I mean, reviews, what, what would a great review strategy look like? Because I, I see it as being a support for the other pieces of pie. If it's going to become a, a piece of pie on its own, in its own right, what do I need to do to turn it into a whole piece of pie? Because I don't think we've done it at CaliCube. Yeah, great question. So I think the the biggest thing is, is that reviews create fear of missing out, right? If my uh-huh. friends are all buying your product and I haven't bought it yet, now I, now I want it. I don't even need it maybe, right? Uh-huh. But if I see all of these people have purchased it, now I feel like I'm missing out on something, right? Um, it. It also speaks to the brand experience, right? If I order something from you online and everyone talks about fast shipping, now I've created a level of expectation. Hmm. On that same token, if someone says it takes six months to get it, I now have a level of expectation, right? Hmm. So having those reviews um, allows a business to tell a story from the buyer's perspective, right? They can kind of control that narrative. Um, It also highlights what happens in the real world where not everything is perfect, right? Mm. If someone does get a one or two star, how does the business handle that? Do they ignore it, right? Do they address it in a way that shows that they care about their clients? Do they take steps to fix it? I think um, as a consumer, if I see a one-star review, that's not going to stop me from buying it, right? But if the if the brand comes back and they're combative and they go, well, that didn't happen or you mm-hmm. didn't purchase it, whatever, right? Now that might stop me from purchasing because now I'm thinking, I don't want to deal with that kind of person. But if sure. a brand comes back and says, you know what? I'm sorry that happened. We're going to get that fixed. Then I go, oh, you know what? We're all human. They're, mm-hmm. they're making, you know, they're doing their best to rectify it. That helps me buy into their brand even more. So we found that nothing builds trust faster in a brand than reviews and nothing can help build a bridge uh, to a negative uh, like reviews. Right. Which is, which is lovely to hear. How do I then leverage my reviews most effectively to get that message to my target audience? Because they're not all going to spend their lives on Trustpilot reading my reviews. No. So we um, typically have them placed uh, a few different places. Any, we always recommend Google um, to, as just it helps with their SEO. It helps with a, a million different things. And then we always advise people the second you get one on Google, pull it from Google, throw it on Facebook, put it in a post, right? Mm-hmm. Go to Canva. It's free. It takes less than five minutes. Stick it up. And you can put it on all your social sites, right? We're so glad that Jason decided to leave us a review. You know, we appreciate his business. Here's what he had to say. That's it, right? Now you've got one review that you can use in 10 different spots 
And that allows, you know, kind of that, that ripple effect for that. Um, and I, the one thing that we always hear from people is it's so hard to get reviews, right? Yeah. I have a thousand, a thousand happy clients and I've got four reviews, right? So we try and ask um, our clientele, part of our strategy is get those reviews when you're standing in front of the person. Mm. If you're a service-based industry and you're a carpet cleaner, hey, before I go, um, we'd like to offer you $5 off today's service if you can leave a review while we're still here. Right. You know what I mean? There you go. Now you've got it. If you're, you know, and figure out little tiny ways to introduce that. Um, our company, we do a $5 Starbucks card. You send us a review, we shoot you as a thank you. We don't promote it. We don't announce it. It's just something that we, that we happen to do. And then, right. you know. So, so you're not making a big story of it. You're just pleasing people and it's unexpected. And that's maybe the best surprise is saying, wow, cool. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, and they don't feel pressured. They don't feel, mm. you know, and then if someone's right there, if they're not going to give you a five-star review, they're going to tell you why. And mm. we typically tell our clients, you need to ask, did I give you five-star service today? If so, would you leave us a review? If someone goes, well, you know, it was okay, but mm. before you get that review, you have, you know, you have a minute to fix that and to turn that into a five-star review, right? And then oh, yeah. you're not getting reviews that you have no idea what happened. You go, what? I thought she was happy, like, you know, and now I've got two stars or, or whatever the situation is. Absolutely. Super. Now, the next piece of the pie is yeah. let's, let's look at the website. That must be a piece of the pie. Yes, that's a huge piece of the pie. So many people have websites and they don't do anything with it. We go, you know, do you get a lot of views? They're like, oh, I think it does okay, right? Mm. You have to know the metric. Are people on your website? Do they stay? Do they go? What pages do they look at? So we, you know, we really investigate what is a website doing. It really needs to be working for you. Is it building your list? Is it growing your credibility? Are you selling on it? What's the purpose of it? So many people have a website and they don't have a purpose to it. They just go, mm. oh, well, they said I have to have one, so I have one. Mm. Okay, so what's that next step, right? Right. Okay. And is conversion rate optimization a part of that piece of the website pie or is it an additional piece of pie? No, we include that typically. Right. In the, yeah. Uh, yeah. To, to what extent? I mean, I've been talking a lot about conversion rate optimization the last week or so because somebody pointed out that our funnel isn't as good as it could be. How important is that and how much do you focus on that with your clients? It depends on how much of their sales come from the website or from an online experience mm. if the sales cycle includes speaking to people online or in person or you know some other form of uh, sales then it's not a huge component so we look at each company individually to see how important is this number right so there's a question also of prioritization of the pie or the pieces of the pie which we can come to at the end now next question my next piece of pie that i would guess is email marketing or email lists. Absolutely. Yeah. So email list is actually taken on um, a, a little bit of a different um, spin as we've grown, um, as technology is, has come, you know, has, has evolved. And email and text marketing now go ah. together, right? So it used to be that no one would answer emails, but if you text them, then they would look, right? Their phone mm. is right in front of them. Um, we're seeing a little bit of a switch back. 
um, mm. that they'll, they'll open emails and, and not so much text as much. So we're really following those trends to kind of see, you know, our open rate and our unsubscribe rate and, and that type of thing. So again, we've lumped those together. Um, there's all different types of uh, options now for um, geofencing, which I think is we've lumped in um, with with text and email marketing because mm. it, um, which I think might end up becoming its own slice sooner rather than later. But email marketing is a huge thing. People thought that they didn't need to do it for a while. They thought that social media would replace the need for email marketing. And um, we're seeing that that just has not been true. Okay. And with when you mentioned geofencing, can you define what that is and why it's part of the emailing pie for the moment and why it might become its own piece of pie on its own? Absolutely. So geofencing is anytime um, someone has gone either driven by a location or, or entered into a location, um, we can set parameters. So say like maybe they've driven by a certain location uh, three times in the last week. We know mm -hmm. more than likely, um, you know, there's a possibility they either live in the area, work in the area, somehow, you know, would be able to be a, a good candidate for our client. Um, and what we do is we have text campaigns that go out. So every time they drive by the Starbucks, they get a message that says, hey, you know, come in for, you know, $2 off, right? Mm. So it allows us to engage with those people. Um, the other thing that geofencing ties into a car's GPS. So if your car has GPS, we can also track kind of where you, where you frequented and right. uh, create email or uh, text campaigns around that as well. So because of the technology to text those people that have been in those areas, well, that's why we lump it into the, the text and, and email. Right, which makes sense. Okay, um, which pieces of pie have I forgotten? I went through all the ones I could think of, and there are probably some that I didn't think of. Um, I think the newest one that we're looking at is AI. Right. Using AI, that's a, a big one. Um, one or two, we typically leave... Um, we covered all the major ones and then one or two we typically customize. Are you a brick and mortar? Because that's much different, right? Are you a service-based provider? Are you a product line? Things like that. So depending on um, what that looks like and what's your target demographic. Um, some people honestly still do newspaper advertising and that totally right. makes sense. If you've got a senior demographic, <laughs> you want to be there, right? If you're trying to reach millennials, I'm not even sure that they know what to do with a newspaper, right? So, you know, looking at those different things and, and having understanding that each business is unique and really creating one or two slices that match the physical demographics, the, you know, who you're trying to reach, that makes the most sense for, for our clients. Brilliant. I do love the fact that I completely missed traditional printed press. One thing I also missed was PR. That must be a nice piece of pie that's incredibly interesting, all that PR outreach. But it's something that a lot of companies don't do because it takes a lot of effort. The returns are pretty much all or nothing. And yeah. from my perspective, uh, I would tend to think, well, I'm not newsworthy. And, you know, it's really interesting. There are so many ways to do, um, to get free press um, and to really make sure that you're known within your community. Um, 
that's an important component, but most of the time we direct our clientele to do it in a way that's free or low cost. Because like you said, like you've got as a business, you know, you've got all of these things that you're supposed to be buying, you know, and paying for and investing in and doing all the, like if something doesn't have a pretty quick positive ROI, um, a lot of our clients just won't, won't do it. It's like pulling teeth. So if I can find free ways for them to get that visibility that they need, we are all about doing that type of thing. Yeah. And you, you said a really um, interesting thing in the middle of that, which is if I'm incredibly relevant within my community, I am going to be newsworthy. And we tend to think I'm not newsworthy because I'm not a famous film star or my company isn't Microsoft. But in fact, if you niche down and you say, well, which is my community? Who's talking about this? And who am I interesting to? I'm by definition going to be newsworthy in one way or another. Absolutely. A hundred percent. And once you realize that for so many of our clients, it's a light bulb moment and they go, Oh wait, no, I do have something to say. And you know, they get amazing press because of it, whether it's, it's local or it's a podcast or it's a, a mention in a, you know, in an article somewhere there's, you know, there's visibility and that builds credibility. Which is absolutely brilliant. Oh, I like that phrase. Visibility builds credibility. That could be a song as well. Um, so we, we now have the complete pie, and it's important to focus on maintaining all the pieces of the pie because some of them will trough, some of them will peak. Um, and as long as you've got the pieces of the pie all nurtured and cared for, yes. you will end up with a very stable business. Was that about the size of it, Liana? That is 100% it. Which is brilliant. So we can move on to the last question, which is, how does creating a marketing pie, or we should say creating a balanced marketing pie, help with branded search, which is our topic on branded search and beyond with Jason Barnard. So how does creating a marketing pie help with branded search, Liana? I think it's vital. Um, At the end of the day, you don't want to hope that someone find you online and stumbles across your business. You want to be top of mind and people go, oh, you know what? Let me look up that business that I saw on social. Let me look up that business that I heard about over here or over there. And when they're putting in your brand specifically, that just increases our sales you know, probability exponentially. So if you're genuinely looking to grow, I think the end of the day, your main goal would be to have people do branded searches versus generic searches. So I think it's absolutely vital. Which is brilliant. And when you've got a great, evenly balanced, strong marketing pie, you're necessarily driving brand awareness. Brand awareness drives branded search, and branded search is therefore somewhere along the line, at least part of the aim of all of the marketing pie you've created. Thank you so much, Liana. That was brilliant, absolutely lovely. And now we're going to pass the baton to Nitin Manchanda, cracking the code, secrets to enterprise SEO success. I personally haven't done very much enterprise SEO. He's talking about SEO with massive sites. It's hugely interesting. Nitin's a lovely, lovely guy, super smart, and I'm really looking forward to speaking to him next week. Could you possibly pass the baton, Liana? I am passing the baton. 
to Nitin. So we'll see Nitin next week. Thank you so much, Liana. Thank you, everyone, for watching or listening if you're listening to the podcast. I'm Jason Barnard. I was talking to Liana de Bellevue about the importance of creating a marketing pie, and you get the outro song. A quick goodbye to end the show. Thank you, Liana. Thank you. It's been a very wonderful experience. Thank you. It was. It was delightful. Thank you so much. Cali Cube. It's all about 